It's great to have you joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman coming to you in December 2023 from Atlanta in the Muscogee Creek Territory in the Piedmont region that's in the foothills of the Appalachia Mountain Range. Today we're going to be talking about creative ways to share space with wildlife, specifically to promote wildlife road crossings to enable safe passage for animals across human highways. Like Highway I-40 north of Asheville, North Carolina, near the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, where they have lots of bears, elk, deer, and other species needing to migrate to feed and mate. And that highway is a dangerous barrier to their livelihood and causes vehicle collisions. You can find out more about that Safe Passage Project and its coalition of conservation supporters at the website smokiessafepassage.org. Our show today specifically focuses on several artists who use the creative process to promote safe passage of wildlife over human roads through song, children's literature, and documentary film. Our guests are writer Francis Feigert and filmmaker Ted Grudowski. Let me tell you about them. Uh, Francis Feigert has always focused on words and language and is the author of several books, a grief book, Seasons of Letting Go, and also a children's book we'll talk about today, A Search for Safe Passage. She's worked in ecotourism and has lived in Canada, Costa Rica, and Kentucky before moving to Asheville, North Carolina, where she served as editor of the magazine The Laurel of Asheville, and then as the creative services director of the Great Smoky Mountains Association. Her website is francisfeigert.com. Her last name is spelled F-I-G-A-R-T. Ted Grudowski is an award-winning digital storyteller of nearly 20 years, with eight years as a pioneer in early digital photography and online multimedia before that. Leading his own production business in Seattle since 2014, he serves as director of photography, editor, and producer for a broad spectrum of clients including Microsoft, Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, Washington State Department of Transportation, and conservation organizations. Ted has films that are used nationwide for conservation education, such as the 2021 award-winning short film he produced with Darren Gunkel called This Land is Part of Us. His 2018 documentary, which we'll talk about today, Cascade Crossroads, chronicles the amazing story of seemingly opposite interest joining forces to restore a critical wildlife corridor while improving Washington State's vital transportation corridor over the Cascade Mountains. This Cascade Crossroads documentary was produced with Christopher Brown and Sandy Asher for a nonprofit coalition and earned gold and bronze Telly Awards and a Northwest Regional Emmy nomination, Cascade Crossroads is available to watch on his website, tedgrudowski.com. His last name is spelled G-R-U-D-O-W-S-K-I. Welcome, Francis and Ted. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you so much. Yeah, I wanted to ask you uh, both what motivated each of you to get involved in advocating for wildlife safe road crossing projects. Francis, maybe let's start with you. Sure. About eight years ago, I moved to Flag Pond, Tennessee, north of Asheville, and I started to see black bears and other wildlife being killed on Interstate 26 near my home. And not long after that, I started my job as the Creative Services Director for Great Smoky Mountains Association, 
And I started asking the wildlife biologists there if they knew of anything I could do about the highway wildlife mortality I was seeing. And they directed me to a group that had started to address the same kind of issue on Interstate 40 near Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So I got involved and I helped to brand that project as Safe Passage, the I-40 Pigeon River Gorge Wildlife Crossing Project. And now some of the people that are involved with that, including me, are beginning to address the issues here uh, at I-26 as well. Oh, that's awesome. And Ted, what was your motivation to lend your talents to the wildlife safe road crossing projects in your state of Washington? Well, after having worked um, in video production at Microsoft for a dozen years, um, I started my own, or just working on my own, and um, I was began to collaborate with uh, a regional conservation group here, Conservation Northwest, out here in in Washington, and I uh, just just getting familiar with some of their projects. Um, one of the early assignments I had was to do uh, a, a short video on their um, contribution to um, in, incorporating wildlife crossings into the Interstate 90 um, Snoqualmie Pass East project that was uh, being undertaken by uh, Washington uh, State Department of Transportation. So I started to get familiar with the issues there with that, uh, that that's, with a, with a shorter assignment, uh, creating a, a video um, around that. But then um, the following year um, that they asked us to create a Cascade Crossroads. So I, I learned a whole lot more at that point. And the more I learned, the more the more I wanted to be involved and, and have a, a bigger impact. That's awesome. And I wanted to say that um, I started learning about these wildlife crossings myself, not here in in the Southeast where I'm from, because I never see or hear of any. Um, but when I was out in Wyoming, I saw um, some crossings that were already built for the um, pronghorn, like the antelope type species yeah. that migrates through there. And I was really impressed with that. And then I was just in Montana, uh, which um, in Kalispell, well, in areas that were south of Glacier National Park, kind of in between Yellowstone and Glacier. And on the Flathead Indian Reservation, um, the Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes had worked uh, with Department of Transportation in Montana to do all these fences and um, all these underpasses and then like one overpass. Anyway, so and I just got to see it and I did, was taking some pictures of it and talking to some people about it. So I've just really interested myself in these issues. And so I was so happy to have you both here on the show to talk about um, the different ways that you've been promoting these ideas. And so, Francis, let's talk first about um, your children's book that you wrote called A Search for Safe Passage. It has really cool illustrations by Emma Dufort. I really enjoyed reading A Search for Safe Passage and was touched by it. What age range is that book for and what kind of characters and storyline will children encounter in this book? So I wrote this book during the beginning of COVID lockdown, and I was just imagining what I would have liked to read with my mother when I was about 11 years old, let's say, um, because we would read books back and forth to each other. And the targeted age range really is probably seven to 13. Um, the characters are all animals found in Southern Appalachia. So bear, deer, elk, uh, bobcat, fox, owl, hawk, those kinds of animals, rac 
raccoons and turtles and salamanders too. Yeah. So there's 19 species in all. Um, and they just work together to try to figure out the, you know, the really difficult problem of how to cross to the other side of the road safely. And why did you approach approach this a search for safe passage kids book with this particular story of all the species of animals coming together to find safe passage across I-40 highway? Like as opposed to other narrative options you could have taken for kids to get motivated to help wildlife with this issue. Like how'd you pick this particular um approach? Because it's almost like a United Nations of animals, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> You know, that make a decision, hey, we got to work together because we're all dealing with this human highway problem. So what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's I love that question, Carrie. And that really did um, make me think to, you know, like, I guess I see animals as having the ability to feel. Mm -hmm. And so the science shows, you know, they definitely have stress and anxiety and fear. Their respiratory rates and their heart rates grow up, go up when they are, you know, compelled to cross the highway to find food and shelter and mates, you know, they, they feel compelled to go, but they're really scared. So I thought that showing the problem of road ecology from their perspective might be the best way to in like kind of bring out empathy in young people. Um, because honestly, they are going to be the ones who will solve our wildlife crossing issues. Cause these projects take decades to be realized. And that's something that Ted can talk about, you know, cause he's seen it. It's like when people start working together, these intractable issues, sometimes it's 20 years before there's groundbreaking. So I thought if a kid is 11 years old now and they're reading this book, then, you know, in 10 years, they might be graduating from college with an engineering degree that addresses wildlife issues. And so, you know, that's kind of where I was coming from with it. And ironically, many people have actually told me they see the book kind of as like a fable or what we call a bestiary for adults as well as kids, because it's kind of an allegory. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I I got the book and I actually just really enjoyed it. I mean, it's obviously a kid's book, but I like animal stories and, and I know they have perspectives and they make decisions. And so, and while yes, they might not come together in a parliamentary style you know, to, to really all work together, I, the idea is we that we all need to kind of help them and, and they're trying to help themselves, but they need, you know, they need us as well. So I, I really like the message. And I also like the diversity of species you have in there because, you know, we always privilege the bigger kind of furrier animals. So I like that there was also I think there was a snake or somebody in there and a salamander. And so, yeah, it's good that you have a variety of species for us to empathize with. Thank you. Yeah, there's a snake. There's um, also a skunk and a weasel and some of the characters that people might not think of as loving types of animals, but they're actually a part of this whole forest council that helps each other. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, and Ted, let's move over to you. When you put together your award-winning short documentary called Cascade Crossroads in 2018, how did you choose to convey the wildlife roadway crossing issue to be emotionally persuasive to viewers? Well, first of all, we worked with a really great production team and that was um, a good, a really critical um, start to it all. Um, working with uh, Chris and Sandy and then our executive producers, um, Jen Watkins and Charlie Raines, who um, who actually worked throughout that, that whole process. We came in kind of at the tail end of it and we're telling us a story that had kind of happened in the in the past, but you know one of the the really Im, Im, important elements of that that allowed us to 
to convey how important it is for wildlife was really focusing on, on the human aspect of it and how these disparate um, interests and organizations who, you know, had different missions and weren't, um, you know, weren't used to working together, but how they did overcome, um, you, you know, that work, working in a silo, you know, to, to see the other perspectives come together and then to make the magic happen. So having that, that, that human element, particularly in such a polarized time today where, yeah. where people were able to have a discussion, you know, and, and table their own needs and, you know, work together to, to make those things, um, you know, realized that that was really the, the critical effort to put that, that, that human element in there, um, which drew attention to the, the need for the wildlife. And Ted, I'm just going to play a little, uh, very brief clip from the beginning, uh, well, from the early part of the trailer for Cascade Crossroads, just so our listeners can hear just a little bit of it. Sure. What's happening right now on I-90 at the Snoqualmie Pass is groundbreaking. We couldn't let the animals stop the highway, we couldn't let the highway stop the animals. Is it unusual for people who aren't naturally together to then work together to make better outcomes? It doesn't happen every day. I-90 tells that story that we have the power to restore things, not just on a small scale, but in grandiose design. Although people have to go to your website if they want to see all the beautiful video, the, the, the images out right. in the state of the mountains and everything, and also the people uh that are in, involved in this um and um and how were you able to make the cascade crossroads documentary relevant and inspiring to other communities outside of washington state who might want to figure out how to get a big roadway redesign accomplished in areas um where you know where we put roads in the pathways that wildlife need to cross you know in our states right well, when, when we started that, when we were commissioned to, to make the film, the idea of these wildlife crossings was not um, quite as prominent as, as it is now. In, in recent years, um, people have seen the, the, the viral videos on social media. There's been, you know, different, um, it's, it's gotten a lot more attention in the, in the news and, you know, and even in the infrastructure um, bill that passed a couple of years ago, there was money allocated towards wildlife passages. So people have become a lot more aware of that. And also with the prevalence of remote cameras that capture animal movement uh, when they're not um, being watched by, by humans, they're not aware that they're being watched by, by humans. So, you know, and then going back to the, those human elements, the ideas that, that, that people can work together and, and look beyond their own needs and their own, um, self-interest and in, in not becoming so calcified in in their positions that they're un unwilling to work with someone and and listen to someone else. So you know, having a, a magic group of, of of people who were able to do that, um, you know, that that really brought everything all together. I, yeah, I, think I love I, having that can the camera traps or whatever they call them that that yeah. I guess the motion censored to show that the that the animals actually do often at night use these underpasses and with the cascades crossroads is it a variety of overpasses and underpasses 
across many miles? Uh, yeah, it is. Currently, they're on the second phase of construction, but the first phase of construction that we covered, um, there's one overcrossing and a number, um, you know, about a half dozen um, undercrossings, major undercrossings, and then a number of smaller um, undercrossings as, as well. So it, they're currently working on the, the second um, portion of that, and there's going to be a second overcrossing. The overcrossing is really kind of the the, the, the marquee signature of, yes. of the project. But I think probably there's um, a greater usage by wildlife of the undercrossings because they follow riparian areas, you know, areas along creeks and, and streams and in waterways um, and, and can hide among plants and, and, and all. And they're kind of underneath all the chaos and, and, and noise of, of the highway. So, um, but, you know, the important thing about it was that these, these, these crossings were really reconnecting um, these these wild lands. They were reconnecting the North and the South Cascades. So we were taking these islands of of uh, these were public lands largely in this area, in the in, in Forest Service lands, and um, stitching them back together so that animals could move um, back and forth between them. You know, like uh, Francis mentioned, that they animals have a need to move for food, for seasonality, for for mates. Um, in response to you know, climate change. Um, so this and, and really, really enabled the animals to to move in a way that they had not been able to, to do so since the highway had been built. Yeah, I like that we're suddenly realizing, like with the kind of language that you're using, you're like islands and like separated, that while we just see this as a road for us to get places, um, we didn't really see it as separating and cutting in half and fragmenting the wilderness and then cutting off access for all the other, you know, residents or, or you know, wild animal residents. And so, yeah, so I, I like to hear that. And I, you're right about the overpasses. Those are the ones that we as humans and our as drivers can see, because when you're driving along the these highways, you don't see the underpasses, you know, but the animals are, are using them. But you get uh, there's a lot more attention drawn to the I guess the beauty of a bridge, especially when it's covered with um, foliage or grass or those kinds of things. Um, and then the public is really learn is able through that visual of the bridge to learn more about the, the project. Yeah, that's right. And in a lot of the the cues that um, that we took here in Washington State came from uh, Banff National Park up in in, uh, in Canada, where um, you know, under the guidance of uh, Tony uh, Clevenger, um, who worked with um, Richard Foreman on, you know, kind of creating the concept of, of road ecology, they really kind of pioneered it. And so you're driving through this beautiful Canadian wilderness and you see several of these wildlife overcrossings. So, um, you know, we, we were able to, uh, you know, incorporate some of their ideas and the things that they learned in our um, passages here. And I think, you know, now um, the, all the different things that we've learned from building our wildlife passages here, other states in other um, regions, such as, um, you know, say passages I-40 can look to that and see what works, what doesn't work, how you can adapt those for the um, various regions. 
Yeah, I'll just say that we recently hosted Ted coming to North Carolina to talk about, you know, the projects out West because we're a few years behind them, but we're working towards the same kinds of things. We've got different terrain that it needs to be addressed in, but any group that's interested in road ecology and wildlife crossings, if you watch Cascade Crossroads, it really gives you the big picture of how all these groups can come together for the same cause, even though they have different languages and different corporate cultures, they can work together. And so um, it's just a great example that we're learning from. Yeah, that's good, because we need these things across all the states. And so we all need to start start working on, on this. If you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature, and I'm host Carrie Freeman, talking about using creative media to help support wildlife roadway projects that, that provide safe passage over and under highways to prevent our vehicles killing animals who are needing to migrate and live in a world we have cut through with roads. Our guests are photographer and filmmaker Ted Grudowski and writer Francis Feigert. Both have their own artist websites with their full names, uh, .com. Grudowski is spelled G-R-U-D-O-W-S-K-I, and um, Feigert is spelled F-I-G-A-R-T. Francis, um, I wanted you to read or sing us a passage from your song, Safe Passage Animals Need a Hand, and tell us what you were hoping to accomplish by writing and promoting your song. Sure. While I was writing the book, uh, A Search for Safe Passage, I I found out about um, a songwriting workshop that was being hosted by Jonathan Bird of White Cross, North Carolina. And when I saw the email about this writer's workshop, I just like in my mind, I kind of asked myself, could I write a song? And then these lyrics just actually just fell right into my lap. And it was, I am an American black bear following an ancient trail and I can't really sing but it's just like I got the idea and then I found a young band to actually sort of bring it to life and the band is called the fates and so um first of all I went to the songwriters workshop and Jonathan helped me make some critical decisions and I wrote the lyrics and the melody of a song and then a colleague of mine at Great Smoky Mountains Association, Anne May, helped to create the sheet music to put in the back of the book. And my hope was that school groups that were reading the book might then play the song and sing the song together in classrooms. Yeah, um, I think that's happened a little bit. You know, I haven't heard a ton of groups doing that, but I wanted it to kind of be like an anthem for this road ecology movement, right? Because just like Ted said, you know, it started to become a thing where it's really more in the public consciousness. But a few years ago during COVID, that was not quite the case, at least not in our area. And I worked with a good friend of mine, director Joe Lamarand, and I produced a music video that features the Fates and River Gregarian in Asheville. And so it's got like 6,000 some views on YouTube. Um, and it's called um, Safe Passage, Animals Need a Hand. That's awesome. Let me play actually a little clip uh, from that. I think I have it queued up. Let me see what happens. I'm an American black bear following an ancient trail. Thank you. 
yeah, I'll stop it there. I really am just so addicted to this song, actually. And I love watching the video. It's so touching. Um, and that, just to repeat what uh, Francis was saying, that is the Asheville, North Carolina band, The Fates. Um, and uh, if you're interested, you could see this on YouTube and it's titled Safe Passage Animals Need a Hand. It's a music video um, that shows the bear, elk and deer crossing the roads and it shows the musicians. It was directed by Joe Lamarand. And then the song is Francis's uh, song. And I'll link to it on the Facebook page for In Tune to Nature, too. Um, now, Francis, do you know how this song is being used to help support SmokySafePassage.org project? You know, I think mostly it's kind of a neat thing that we can take to film festivals, such as one we recently did with Ted uh, featured as the filmmaker. Um, it's a fun one to close out a talk with. Like if we're giving a presentation about Safe Passage, we will play it at the end because it's just kind of uplifting. Like you said, it's just makes you feel good about the project. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine actually made a version of the song uh, in Switzerland and hers is a little bit more jazzy. You can find that one too. Um, her name is Laura McKillop. And one person that came to a talk told us that the reason her version was really kind of relaxed and sort of laid back is because wildlife crossings have been addressed in Europe for a long time. Hmm. Um, it's not new for them. So they're just like, hey, yay, these animals are crossing the road and it's real relaxed. But ours is more of a spiritual anthem kind of driving protest song, really, because we want something done about this now. And so our version here in the U.S., the one that I originally wrote, has kind of more of that spirit it's kind of got a native american drum beat and yeah. um you know to me it's just um we're really in an exciting time for the u.s to be addressing this so um i think that the video it's something i just did on my own to support the safe passage project and i think a lot of people have really um enjoyed it from from what i've heard so i hope more people will go and see it um on youtube from this yeah i've been sharing it because yeah i think it's really cool i like how you use the term ancient trail like that they're following, these animals are following an ancient trail, but then it's cut through by the interstate. Like that if we, and so we're reinstating these ancient pathways that they were here first kind of a thing. And so then it's only brings in that notion of justice and fairness. So, um, so I think the words are really powerful as well as just, it's a beautiful, um, I, I like the rhyme and it's, and it's beautifully sung too by these three uh, female artists. So well, um, Francis and Ted, we need to wrap up, but what is the best place or places for people to go to encounter and share your creations and to support uh, the I-40 Safe Passage Wildlife Crossing Project, among others? So people can learn more about our work in East Tennessee and Western North Carolina at SmokiesSafePassage.org. And you can find a search for Safe Passage at the website SmokiesInformation.org. That's Great Smoky Mountains Association's website. And the music video is on YouTube uh, by searching Safe Passage, Animals Need a Hand. And Ted, how about you? Well, in addition to my website, which you have uh, referred to earlier, people can uh, see and, and, and learn more about uh, what we've accomplished here in Washington with our wildlife crossings. Um, at the U YouTube channels for um, Washington State Department of Transportation. There's also a follow-up film there that uh, we did for them called Critter Crossings in the Cascades, 
which uh, really shows the success and not just the story of how the, um, the, the passages were built, but what happened afterwards. So, so that's a, a really uplifting one. Um, in addition, there is uh, Conservation Northwest, and they have a lot of um, uh, videos that, that we've collaborated on together and at their, uh, their website, um, showing the work that they're doing to connect various lands together, as well as uh, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife has a great YouTube uh, uh, channel as well that features some recent work that we've been discussing about uh, wildlife connectivity. So there, there's a lot out there. Yeah, I like how you also both of you use the term road ecology movement, because that's a new term, right? I, I not really heard that until very recently. So people can also think about getting involved in the road ecology movement. Well, that's the end of our show. But I want to thank you, Francis Feigert and Ted Grudowski for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. Thanks for using your creative and media skills to help motivate human communities to work together to redesign our roads so they can reduce fatalities and enable wild animals to also get where they need to go safely. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time online at wrfg.org and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com forward slash in tune to nature. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of WRFG, its board, staff, or volunteers. I'm one of those volunteers. I'm host Carrie Freeman, asking you to please support independent, non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. And remember to take care of yourself and others, including other species. Like wildlife who need to be able to traverse safely across the landscape, unhampered by our many roads. Thank you for listening. Cheers.